Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. One of the things we've been going through in the last few weeks is looking at this thing. Are, we're meant to, it, you know, Paul says, in him, in Christ, we live and move and have our being. In other words, he's the one who empowers us. It's his wisdom that shows us what to do. He's the one who is guiding us. He is the one, it, it's everything. In Christ, I can do all things, right? Right? So the thing is, though, is Jesus is the very embodiment of the Father. He says he's a perfect representation, Hebrews 1.3 says. So if we're going to see how God is going to be engaging us, it's going to look a lot like how Jesus engaged in the Gospels. And so we're going to be looking through the coming weeks at how Jesus engages people. So today we're going to go nautical. We're going to go, we're going to go, we're going to go surfing. And so if you guys have Bibles, I want you to open them up to uh, Matthew chapter 8. Now, um, oh, Jesus, <laughs> I love this. It says, it says this, it says, verse 23, it says, then he, first of all, who's he? Jesus. The answer is always Jesus. Anyway, it's Jesus. What does it mean then? What does the word then mean? Something happened before. We keep it simple here, right? Something happened before. What happened before in was that he was healing people. His ministry was starting. It was going gangbusters. People were wanting to follow him. It was just amazing. God was showing up miraculously. It was beautiful. So, so then, uh, and these guys said they wanted to follow him. And so Jesus took off and jumped in a boat. Now you need to know something about Jews in the ancient world. There's a reason why God describes heaven in Revelation as having no ocean. Because Jews felt that the water was the devil's territory. They thought it was, they called, they called, it was chaotic, it was scary, and that's why Jonah getting on a boat to go to Tarshish was nuts. Like, you can't get dumber, I mean, like, you're just stupid, right? Because they, you lose all control, you're out on the ocean, what's going on? So anyway, so Jesus says, come follow me, and then walks off and jumps on a boat. Anybody had that experience with Jesus? He's like, come follow me, and you're like, uh... Can we have an itinerary printed out? Could you explain the details? And he's like, no, not really. Anyway, so he goes, then he got, anybody here thought that when you followed Jesus, it was going to be a pleasure cruise? No, nobody. You're like, all my problems will go away. You know, there'll be three square meals a day with a nightly entertainment. No. Anyway, then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. How do we know they were his disciples? They followed him, right, and they told us. They followed him. Let me tell you, it, uh, one of the things we, you know, they say about leadership is you can tell a leader because people are following. Same thing. You're not just because people are like, I'm a leader. Like people go around and they give themselves titles. If people aren't following, no, it's, that's not how it works. And Jesus could find his disciples because he said, follow me to a lot of people, didn't he? But not everybody followed, did they? But the ones who followed became disciples. All right. So then suddenly a furious storm came up the lake and Jesus was shocked and horrified. No. So the waves swept over the boat. Now the interesting thing, can we pull up that map? The first one. 
Thank you. So the interesting thing about the Sea of Galilee, it is a bizarre, it is one of the strangest places on earth. It's only about eight miles wide and about 13 miles long. So it's, it's, a, it's a lake. But it has the worst lake weather in the world because of a strange situation. It's 700 feet below sea level, but it's surrounded on one side. Mount Hermon is over 10,000 feet taller right above it. And so what happens is cold air is dense. And when you have something dense, it sinks. So what happens is the cold air gathers up either at Mount Hermon or Mount Meron on the left or the right. And it, what happens is it begins to fall. And the crazy thing is, as anybody notice when something big starts to fall, what happens to it? And it keeps going and it accelerates. And the result is unbelievable gale force winds, hurricane winds. So literally in May of this year, three months ago, they had 10 meter waves. That's 33 foot tall waves. You imagine being on Lake Lanier? Like you're like, what? Like we have 15 foot ceilings here. That's twice the height of this. You, and you are out in a dinghy. Are, do you see how insane is this? But why would people even go out on this? The Sea of Galilee at this time was one of the richest for fish on earth. They would actually send the fish from the Sea of Galilee to Rome. It was considered a delicacy. And so there was, there was gold in them, their hills. So, so crazy people, like gold rush people, they were like, we're going fishing. And so they go out. They're on the boat. Now, who are, a lot of his disciples are what? Fishermen. Fishermen. On this lake. They know this lake, Right? So they should be fine, right, in a storm. Anybody found that your experience actually is what makes you afraid? You ever been with someone and they're, not, they're too dumb to know they should be afraid? So you want to help them out and realize we're going to die, right? You know what I'm talking about? You're like, you don't have this experience, but this is how we all die. So anyway, so, so a furious storm swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. Anybody have that feeling that Jesus is sleeping in your boat? We're gonna die! Right? Jesus is sleeping. The disciples went over and woke him, saying, Lord, save us! We're going to drown him. You know, it's, what really cracks me up is they've seen him do miracles, but they've never seen weather related miracles. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you've never seen the miracle you need to have happen? All the time. So, what happens is they go over and they wake him up. I promise you, the only reason they're waking him, because listen, if you're a fisherman, a professional fisherman, and you have a landlubber in the boat, are you, stay away from the oars, buddy. Stay away from the sails. Just keep him down below. Thank goodness Jesus is asleep. We can work. Anybody had that? You're like, Jesus, I'll take it from here. I'm here. I'm good for this. Was it a sailboat? Uh, yeah, it was most likely a sail with oars. Okay. So they had both going on. And so uh, they've actually found a boat exactly from this era sunk into the Sea of Galilee and put, totally preserved. They have it in a museum. You can look it up online. So anyway, um, the disciples, so it was probably about somewhere between 20 and 30 foot long boat. He said, the disciples went and woke him and said, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. You know, when all else fails, pray. <laughs> when you've done all you can, I guess we better tag in the big boys. He replied, you of little faith. You know what that word little means? Short. 
Short-term faith. Anybody have short-term faith? You know what I'm talking about? I believe, I believe, ah! Right? Short faith. You were believing when we got on the boat. Jesus, whose idea was it to get on this boat? Jesus. Who is telling them where to go? Who is asleep and totally relaxed and chilling in the boat? Enjoying the waterbed experience. Right? Jesus. If you want to know, this is a secret, if you want to know how to approach your situation, look at Jesus' face. Do you think Jesus has a right understanding of the situation? There's an amazing phrase that we've been praying a lot lately. It's just this, Lord, what do you want me to know about this? How, how do you see this situation? And he replied, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? That sounds like the stupidest question you've ever heard. If you were in a boat, 10, uh, 33 foot tall waves, and your boat's only 30 feet, <laughs> would you be afraid? Absolutely. How can Jesus dare to be so not compassionate to say, why are you afraid? Why do you think? They were overwhelmed. They were overwhelmed. But why, why was this not... Why was this, I mean, I would, if, okay, I'm sorry, not your Jesus, but my Jesus would have been there, they're their guy, it's okay, I'm taking over. That would have been my Jesus. Are you tracking with me at all? But this Jesus goes, Jesus, the real Jesus, not my fake one, Jesus goes, what is wrong with y'all? Why are you afraid? Very insensitive. Very insensitive. <laughs> Trigger warning. So here's the thing. Why can he be apparently offended at their, la at their fear? Who here was raised in a family where fear equals wisdom? Like, like the goal is figure out all the ways we're going to die so we can block them off and figure them out ahead of time. Nobody? Okay, not fear, not fear. That's an ugly word. How about we call it worry? Isn't worry love? We'll just... Talk amongst yourself. Okay, so, so the, but this is like, this isn't like wussy stuff. This is life-threatening, right? Anybody here, you've been terrified and somebody said it's going to be okay and you wanted to slap them? Okay. I would submit to you that fear is the, it's always been, but it's particularly in this season, the most socially acceptable sin. Why can I say it's sin? Because God says over and over again, what? Fear not. Fear not. Jesus says, be anxious for nothing. With some exceptions. No, for nothing, right? So if God says don't and I do it, that equals sin. But this is, anybody here, you start to argue with God and explain to him why we should be afraid? Yeah, justify it, yeah. Oh my gosh, I've done this multiple times with Asha. She's just not understanding how bad it is, so I'm going to help her understand. Thankfully, she most of the time doesn't follow me into hell. All right. He said, you have little faith. Why are we so afraid? You got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. In other words, he says, what does he say? Peace, be still. Yes. See, he, all he had to do was release what was inside of him. See, he was at peace. He was at peace, right? He was asleep. <laughs> you got to be peaceful. If you're asleep, he was at peace, so he re you release what you carry. Uh, 
Choose what you carry. That's right. You're right. Be careful what your carry-on uh, baggage looks like. So, and then the men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and waves obey him. And when they got there, so if you can look at this, this boat, in, in, other, in other texts, it says, and immediately after he said, peace be still, they arrived. If, can we pull up the second map? So they were traveling from Capernaum to this area of uh, either the Gadarenes or uh, what is it called? The Gerias? I forget. There, there's a couple different names for it. But anyway, that area, it's five miles across. Do you want to know what most likely had happened since they arrived instantaneously? They were being pushed by that wind that comes out of the northwest. What were they doing the whole time? <laughs> Working! Jesus was chilling. Why? Because he knew the wind was going to take them all the way there. Anybody here been helping Jesus and found out your help wasn't needed? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, Sir, okay. <laughs> mm. All right. He said, when they arrived at the other side, the region of the Gadarenes. Now, here's the part is, they went to an area. Up to this point, Jesus is only with good Jews. He went to an area where there aren't good Jews. Anybody here felt like God led you somewhere that didn't make any sense? Okay. So they get there, and at the other side of the region of the Gadarenes, uh, two demon-possessed men came out of the tombs to meet him. Wouldn't, uh, anybody had that kind of welcoming committee when you said yes to Jesus? Jesus, I will follow. Yeah! Right? They're like, this is not anybody. It's not how I imagined. Right? If I hadn't just survived a storm and I'm lying face down on the beach kissing the ground, I probably would jump back in that boat. Two men. Now, in others, they say only one, and I'll get to why I think that is in a minute. They were in other gospels. They were so violent that no one could come this way. God, why would you? Why? Why, why did you send us here? Now, I used to have this problem in Russia. We would ride on public transit, and we had these things called gazelles, which are supposed to seat 13 people, but we would get 21 or 22 people on them. And for some reason, I always got on with the crazy one. Like. <laughs> you know, talking, I'm carrying on. And I'm like, I just cried out to Jesus one day. I was like, Jesus, why? Why are they always on my bus? And Jesus said to me this. He goes, where else am I going to send them? And I remembered a moment you might have heard me say when we were on a bus earlier. Um, uh, it was called the Pazik. That seat's about 40. We had about 60 or 70 people on it. It was about 100 degrees on it. Masha was five months pregnant. Nobody would give her a seat. We're standing in the aisle. And three people down is a roid maniac. I mean, he's like bulging veins and red face, you know. And this little guy who's sitting down on the back bench looks up at him, starts to, um, uh, how shall I say it delicately, begins to call out his male member. I've been on buses when full, a full-on fight start. I've got a five-month pregnant wife. I'm freaking out. I'm like, Jesus. And all of a sudden, the little guy jumps up in the guy's face. And it's about to get real. And all I did, I didn't know what to do. You remember Jesus said, when you enter a home, release your peace. Remember what you carry, what you get to release. I just went like this. I literally, like this. In English, I think. Might have been Russian. I don't remember. I just went, peace. I don't think anybody heard me. This is what happened. The big guy just went, doink. 
And the little guy sat down and went, and that was it. They were both drunk out of their minds. And I was just like, I was like, what do I do to protect? I'm like trying to protect. You release what you carry. And so I began to, in these buses, just when I would see one of these guys, I would just go under my breath, peace. And they would just go, they probably got on looking for a break. You and I release what we carry. And so God, you know, Jesus has come all the way, this horrible journey, right? The disciples are like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. Jesus is like, I slept great. I don't know about y'all. And uh, they get there and this is all that's waiting for them. And what happens? You guys remember what happens? Jesus, the, the demons are crying out and they go, let us go into these, these pigs. It's such a weird thing, but you got to understand they weren't supposed to have those there pigs. In, that, in the ancient world, they didn't know how to properly cook things. So what are you going to get from improperly cooked pork? Trigonosis. Worms to your heart. Not a good idea. Not a good look. So Jesus, have you ever had Jesus um, destroy your sin? Destroy the thing that was leading you into temptation for your own good? Anyway, so it's like a two for one. He's like, great, this is great. We'll get rid of the sin that's killing my people. And we'll, uh, and these guys get set free. The reason, when the, when the people of the area saw that he had cast, the, that the, all the pigs were dead because the pigs ran off a cliff and killed themselves. What's that? Ah, uh, well, this was a, this was a whole area of, uh, they could have been for the Romans, but, it, but they was also, this was an area of not good Jews. They were not law-abiding Jews. But also, anyway, so what happens is they, uh, they come out, and what do you think? 2,000 pigs. What's the going price for a pig these days, anybody? Anybody know? $11 for a pound. $11 for a pound. <laughs> pig, right? I mean, we're talking a million bucks down the drain, right? What do you think they were? Happy? No. Get out of here. How dare you try to save our lives? Uh, you'll have to ask Jesus. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, here, here's a really good secret. Uh, it's always good not to, to, uh, to not figure out what we don't know, like what's not obvious in scripture, because usually all our theories is where we get a little cuckoo. I'll tell you, this is how I will pray for the de de demons. I say, Jesus, I command this demon to go to you to be dealt with. He knows where to go. He knows what to do with them. He's got the one-stop shopping. He's he has all authority. You know what to do with them. I don't need to like tell you, turn left at Albuquerque, make your way to the third hell, lock yourself in a cell. I don't need to do that. Jesus, that's just me. That's my take. Anyway, all right. Anyway, so this is what happens. Is they don't want Jesus around. And they get, drive him off. I can see the disciples are like, not again. Now we have to get back in the boat. What was that all about? Well, I'm glad you asked. Why would Jesus bring them out on a lake? That's crazy. Well, let's flip forward. Chapter 14. This is our last passage. It says, um, at the beginning of the chapter, what happens? Jesus is trying to get away. He's trying to relax, to get some R&R time. And everybody follows him. And he ministered to them. And they're exhausted. He's exhausted. And he says, guys... And they're like, you got to send these people away. They're out, we're out in the wilderness. They need food. Send them away, right? So they can go eat. And he goes, you give them something to eat, right? You guys remember? 
And what does they do? What does God, Jesus do? Is he blesses the food, hands it to them, and as they hand out the food, the food is multiplied, right? It says 5,000 men, but it was probably like close to 14,000, 15,000 men, women, and children. So crazy crowd, crazy provision, amazing. God shows up in a miraculous way. And what does Jesus say right on the backside of that? Immediately, Jesus made the disciples go get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. What's the problem? Who's not in the boat? <laughs> we know how to deal with the boat with Jesus in it. We don't know how to deal with it with Jesus. Anybody notice God never repeats himself? Anyway. All right, so immediately Jesus, and he said, and then while he dismissed the crowd, after he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside to pray, by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. That is the most boring sentence I've ever heard. You know, what do you do in the morning? Go for a walk on the lake. Now remember, this is a storm. A dangerous storm. So maybe we'll just say five meters, you know, 15 foot waves. You know, the image I always get is Jesus kind of just going for a walk, like on a watery sidewalk. Uh, I'm not seeing that. I don't know. Is he climbing the waves or is he surfing them? I don't know. I don't know. But I promise you the spray is getting wet. Remember in the first storm, Jesus was getting a good rest. And what were the disciples doing? This one, the disciples are, let's find, let's, let's find our disciples, shall we? Shortly before dawn, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Do you think they were praying to God, by the way? I personally think they were probably going, God! I mean, you know, that prayer, not, not the, Jesus, Lord, I be trust in you. I think they were crying out to God, and God comes, comes. How convenient. And they think it's a ghost. So they're having a terrifying experience. He's having a fun experience. Uh, you guys, um, when I was um, in sixth grade, uh, we went to this amusement park called Kings Island, north of Cincinnati, and I had never ridden a roller coaster. And my brother was, I kept egging him on to ride one with a loop, and he wouldn't do it. So what do I have to do? So my first real roller coaster is this one. It, does, it goes like this, does one massive loop. It goes up and then goes backwards through, right? But I've got to do it now. I'm terrified out of my mind. I make my way up there. I get in. I sit down to next to this lady, and she goes, are you ready to have a good time? I'm like. <laughs> and I buried my head, my chin in my face. I was like. Mm. And I was like, oh, I was terrified. We went through the loop, came up the other side. I was like, ah! and then I realized we had to go backwards. Oh, ah! And oh my gosh, it was almost done. And I opened my eyes and you know where we were? The top of the loop hanging upside down. I was like, ah! I came out the other side. I lost probably 15 pounds. And uh, I, I mean, she was the whole time going, Woo! same experience, different experience. Do you think you want Jesus' experience? Or do we want our experience? Fear is the difference. But it says, but Jesus immediately said to them, what? Take courage. Where are they going to take courage from? Him. You can give away what you have. 
have some, have some, have some. But anybody tried to encourage somebody against their will? Right? They have to choose to take it, don't they? You can't do it for them. I'm not sure what happened to the other disciples, but uh, Peter obviously took some liquid courage, if you will. He said, he, he, said, he said, it is I, don't be afraid. Whenever you're terrified, when you're terrified, do you ask God for information? You know, like, how long? How do we get out of this? What's going to happen? Yeah. Nobody? Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Are most of your questions like, blah, 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 blah? Let me, I have really good news. I'm going to cut to the chase. When you are terrified and you cry out to God, he's only going to say one thing. Have faith. Have, I'm with you. Yeah. Fear not. I'm with you. He says it every single time in the Bible. Every single time he's like, have faith. Trust in me. I'm here. I'm with you. It's going to be okay. And you're like, you did not answer my question. He's like, I am the answer. It said, and Peter got, it said, Lord, and this is Peter's the one who got courage. How do we know? Do you know when everybody's terrified and you have courage, you look stupid? You look insane. True? Yeah. It, it said, he said, Lord, if it's you, Peter said, I would have said, please come get in our boat where we'll be safe. That's what I would, would you? Am I the only one? We already have a path for that. But, but listen, when you say yes to Holy Spirit, you become dumb in the best possible way. Because guess what happens? <laughs> he says, if it's you... Tell me to come out on the water. A minute ago, you thought it was a ghost. And if it's like, do you guys remember we were talking last week about the fact that Isaiah tells us he had no form of loveliness or attractiveness to draw us to him. That he probably wasn't physically awesome looking. But anybody have a friend who maybe in the natural isn't good looking, but when they smile, they look beautiful? When you hear his voice, he is altogether when you hear his voice, it pierces your heart. When you let him speak over you, peace comes in you, and it's real, it's authentic, and what? And Peter's like, let me out of this boat. The only safe place in a storm would be the boat, unless Jesus is nearby. And, 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 and Jesus said, come. <laughs> I don't, okay, in, over in Mark, it says Jesus was walking on the water, and he planned to pass by. Why would Jesus pass by them in the boat? He was having a good time. He was having a good time. He had places to be. He, huh? Sense of humor. Sense of humor. He told them to go. If God tells you to go do something, that means he's empowering you to do it. He was like, this is big boy time. Trust me. I told you to go. Go for it. You guys know how to do this. Walk with me. And he's going to meet them on the other side. Then he realizes that we're going to have to do remedial work. Isn't it good that God is not a harsh God, that having told them to go, they fail. He doesn't go, well, then drown on my watch. What does he do? He goes, okay. It doesn't look like he had this all planned out. <laughs> Peter, come. Why? Because there, you know, Hebrews says, without faith, trust, it's impossible to please God. If you have a child or a grandchild or you're a teacher, the look in an eyes of a child when they totally trust you, you're like, what do you want? You want my kidneys? I'll take it. There is nothing more pleasing to God than the child goes, let me out of the boat. Let's walk. <laughs> Jesus is like, come on. <laughs> totally not planned. Don't know what this has to do with anything, but let's do this. 
And Peter goes running across, walking on. It said that Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was Why? He quit looking at God, and he started look. What you look at, you empower. I am. Um, I, I. By the way, I, I had this plan for about a week or so to do today. I should have been ready, but the last probably forty-eight hours, I've been living dealing with fear hardcore. I should have seen this coming. God's like, you know, you are the message. <laughs> um, <clears throat> thank you, Lord. Um, anyway, um, I'm not always the smartest tool in the shed. And uh, in the middle of it, I was like, Lord, you know, you have to resolve this. You have to figure this out. And Jesus goes, said this to me. You know what he said? He said, fear makes you stupid. <laughs> and and you, do you guys know what a check engine light is? Okay. If, you know, if you're a mechanic and you see a check engine light, you should, what do you do? Just abandon the car by the side of the road and run before it explodes, right? No, it's not a sign of imminent doom, is it? Mechanics, help me out. No, no. And, and it could cost you 30 cents. It could cost you $3,000 to resolve, right? What it is, it's an indicator on the dashboard that you should probably check this out. And in this computer age, what do you do? You plug it into a computer and it reads out a series of codes, right? And what do those codes do? Tell you what's going on. I've got great news for you. When fear flashes across our dashboard, instead of jumping out of the car and screaming away, simply go, Papa, what do you want me to know about this? What does this mean? What's the code? What does this mean? And God goes, just change your air filter for heaven's sakes. <laughs> I told you to do that, right? Or do this. or do it. Like he is faithful to meet us in it, but he has to be the voice we fear that we obey, not the wind and the waves, not the fear itself. But when he saw the wind, he cried out, Lord, save me. He's moving in the right direction. <laughs> Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. When you cry out to God, he hears you and he responds. Maybe not like how you want, but he responds every time. And what does he say to him? You, uh, you had five feet of faith. <laughs> <laughs> just 10 feet that's all we needed you got but you got five that was good you have little faith he said why did you doubt then he climbed into the boat and the wind died down why because that's what he carries then they were in those in the boat worshiped him saying truly you are the son of god and when they crossed over, they landed where? Back in Gennesaret. Remember the place they got run out of town last time? Oh, God, we've already been here. Have you ever had God tell you to do something you already know how it's going to end? And you're just not doing it again? Because your experiences made you wiser than God? Here's how we end. And when the people of the place recognized Jesus, they tried to stone him. Is that what it says? They sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak and all those who touched were healed. Why? What happened? Do you guys remember Jesus? He delivered those two demoniacs. 
Well, why does it say one in some gospels and two in another? I think only one of them really took it to heart. But he demonstrated God's goodness and grace throughout that region to such a way that everybody realized Jesus is who we need. And even though they ran him off the last time, they were ready for him the next time. If we could have the worship team come up. Every single one of us has a raging question in our heart. Every single one of us has an area where fear is master. Fear tells us what to do. It could be fear for our children. It could be fear of other people. It could be fear of finance, fear of our health, fear of the government, fear of whatever. But here's the deal. Fear, you are afraid. What you're afraid of, you obey. That's why it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Peter feared the, Jesus and got out of the boat and followed him. Fear the Lord and live. This is the thing, is when we exchange listening to fear to listening to God, everything changes. Peace. So if you have an area of your life, if we could stand, if you have an area of your life where you're done listening to fear, because fear always plays out the same way. It, doesn't, it says it will protect you, but it won't. It actually makes it worse. There's an area of fear that you've been listening to and you're ready to hear a different answer from Jesus. Just say, Jesus, what do you want me to know about this fear? And then be ready to obey him for where he calls you to go. I want us to get very real with God right now and just ask him, Lord, show me, search me and show me what is the fear that's holding me back from stepping into the things that you are calling me into? What is that fear that's holding me back? For Peter, as a professional seaman in a raging storm, it was probably his biggest fear to be out outside the boat in the waves and with Jesus he stepped out and walked through the fear to the other side I feel like the Lord wants to walk with us through our biggest fear to the other side to the other side Whew, I'll just give you an example of my you know one of my biggest fears um, that he showed me he said you know I, I feel like my fear is that I'm not enough to fulfill my destiny and it's just something deep, it's something core, it's something that's deep in us, and it's something that's holding us back, something that's keeping us paralyzed. And I just want you to truth tell, just tell Jesus the truth about the fear that's holding you back. Is that I'm not enough, I'm disqualified, I am broken beyond fixing. Whatever the, whatever the, that's, lie whatever that fear is whatever that fear is i just want you to be real with it right now with jesus just whatever whatever that fear that says you're just gonna die if you face it and i want you to ask jesus what is that fear what lie is that fear connected to And once you hear the lie, I want you to give Jesus that lie. 
and then ask him, Jesus, if that's a lie, that I'm going to die, that nothing is ever going to change, that I can't connect, whatever that lie is, that I'm not good enough, whatever that lie is, if that's not true, what is your truth? What are you speaking over me? What are you speaking over me that will allow me to pass through that and move forward? And just receive it right now. Receive it right now. <laughs> I just see um, so many of us like being loosened out of the place where we've been stuck for like literally some of us decades loosened out. Thank you, Jesus, that you are shaking us out of those places right now. You are just shaking us out. You are loosening us out. We're just so grateful. We're so grateful that we're stepping out just right now. Just say, Jesus, I'm willing to step out of the boat and to follow you. Not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. I'm following you. I am not going to obey my fear. Just say that with me right now. I'm not going to obey my fear. I'm going to obey you, Jesus. I will not have two masters. One master fear and one master you. And I'm constantly torn between the two. I choose you, Jesus. And I will obey you, Jesus. And I repent for having fear as my Lord. For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.